Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Biebs. I'm here with my co-host, Chen. We're just going to dive right into it. Know how you're doing today? We've got a we've got just a crazy, crazy week nine slate to uh, to attack and get through. It's been a heck of a week. Um, I apologize for the stuffed animals behind me. <laughs> we're kind of in a we're kind of in a hybrid situation here. But um, Chen, why don't you just kick us off? Let's dive right into week nine. I think game of the week: Texans Bucks. All right. Uh, CJ Stroud breaks the record. Most passing yards from a rookie ever. Baker Mayfield's kind of going toe to toe with him. I mean, like this is going back and forth. 39-37 final. Uh, I was just losing my mind watching this on red zone, mainly because I started CJ Stroud in one of my leagues where I needed to win. But uh floor is yours. Yeah, no, I uh you gotta love what you see from Stroud, especially with the Ohio State narrative, I mean, we've seen it with Justin Fields. He's the most recent example that they just can't put out competent quarterbacks. I, I mean, Terrell Pryor got moved to receiver. That's how, like, you, they just – there's no Ohio State's NFL success, and it's, it seems like that is just going to be so much farther from the truth with C.J. Stroud. There's even articles going around that in the second half of the season, just due to schedule – um, Bryce Young is going to look better than Stroud. And I just have to fundamentally disagree. Um, it, it's not that I'm out on Bryce Young. It's just Stroud. And you can push back on this if you want, but is putting already to me is in that category of like Andrew Luck. Like, well, yeah, he just broke Newton his record. Early. He just like, broke his record. Right. Like, yeah. Like Joe Burrow, like that, that idea of we would look at that team and call it a couple in team, but you put Stroud on it. The Texans could go for seven or eight wins this year. And I think a lot of people wouldn't have even seen four go, going into the season. Just from the look of the Texans roster, forget quarterback play. But, it, I mean, he's performing, especially like recently at like a top five, top ten level in the NFL. So that's why I don't really have a problem crowding him in that upper echelon of like best rookie quarterbacks ever. I know we're only halfway through the season, but man, it, it's it's crazy to watch because the Buccaneers defense is no slouch. They got Todd Bowles as a defensive guy. Um, I mean, you can you can push back on that. I, I know you're already kind of in agreement, especially with what he did for your fantasy team. You can't really hate <laughs> yeah. a guy like might, that. Might but be a I'm little biased, but <laughs> yeah, your your general thoughts on even just the Buccaneers side of things, like your main takeaways. Uh, I mean, the Bucs are they're overperforming from where I had them earlier in the year. I know they're three and five, but it's like you look at their schedule. They lost this game by two on the greatest rookie passing performance ever uh they were in that bills game in prime time and they played horrible and they were still right there you know yeah um they lost to the falcons by three they got I, they did kind of get beat up by the lions but um i i don't think the bucks are like out of this nfc what is it, nfc south like race here just because oh, the division yeah. is so bad like i they're playing good man and um i think that they can beat any team in that division easily uh, they might be the best team in that division in my in my head right now, which is weird because they're three and five, and I know that I'm pretty sure the Saints have a better record than that. I have to double check that. Uh, got a lot of got a lot of stats and numbers in my head these days as we're halfway through the season, but um, I, I I'm not out on the Bucks. This is I mean, dude, they look great. How do you, you score 37 points and lose an NFL game? Like that's more, yeah, more power to your opponent. I guess play better defense, but 
when you've got a guy like CJ Stroud, man, like, you know, going back to our, our buy, sell, hold tracker, um, purchased, I purchased CJ Stroud stock back in, uh, I believe week four or five, three mm. confidence, October 5th. Uh, the stock is sky high and we're, we're holding it, man. Like we are, I we are so. holding <laughs> CJ Stroud. That was a long-term position. And uh, I, I'm, I'm very happy with it right now. Uh, he looks amazing, man. And it's one of those things where he's, he's not, it's like Burrow. I think that's the best analysis is like luck came in to a fairly complete roster that Manning had departed from. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I'm pretty yeah, sure they were two and fourteen the year prior. Yeah, like, because Manning didn't play. Manning didn't play a single game, but they still had Reggie Wayne. They still had T.Y. Hilton, um, and they started freaking Curtis Painter. And I'm pretty sure they lost half their games on freaking purpose because they wanted to get rid of Peyton Manning. Yeah, but even like T.Y. Hilton was a he was like a fifth or sixth round rookie. Like T.Y. Hilton became T.Y. Hilton because of Andrew Luck in my mind. Okay, and Reggie Wayne was on the backside at thirty, like. Colby Fleener and Dwayne Allen were also draft picks. Like it was a young, completely new team that, and it again with like Joe Burrow, he's had like similar circumstances. Jamar Chase is young. And yeah. Like so, but my point still stands. He he's joining a roster that nobody really uh, like. What I was gonna say with Burrow, I guess, is true for Luck as well. Like they both joined rosters that nobody expected much out of, and immediately elevated them. Um, right. And there's only a few rookie quarterbacks that have done that. Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, you know, and Burrow kind of struggled his rookie year, but well, actually towards ACL, but um, first year. Yeah. Like, yeah. You like get right away, point. immediate game changer. Yeah. Is which is um, obviously a good sign. If, if, if we're putting him in the category of Joe Burrow, we'll get to the Bengals, you know, the state of the Bengals <laughs> as we discuss yeah. almost every week on this, on this podcast, but um, yeah. Look, he looks phenomenal. He's poised. My gosh, how many, how many guys in their career, how many NFL quarterbacks have ever, you know, gone, given up their defense, gives up a game losing drive, leaves them forty six seconds, marches down the field, and scores with six seconds left. It's unbelievable, dude. It, it's unbelievable what the poise, the confidence, uh, and, and just I don't even know the the gall the the balls like he looked I mean it was truly incredible he's turning guys into Dalton like Dalton Schultz Nico Collins Noah Brown Tank Dell's a rookie but guys that have been other places like Dalton Schultz and, and not been the superstars into like 180 yard multiple touchdown performers like right. it really is the Peyton Manning going to Denver effect, right? Like, that's what I remember. It's like instantly every Denver receiver became, you know, fantasy gods. <laughs> Julius like, Thomas. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then Eric Decker goes to the Jets on a massive deal, and it's like, this guy kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> Yeah, um, right, right. So I can't say enough praise. Like Texans, my question for you is like, how much of this Texans love, because early in the year we were giving credit to, to Miko Ryans, and now it feels like C.J. Strauss is getting a lot of the credit, but like – where are you at? Like, is D'Amico Ryan's? I'm assuming you're gonna say he's the guy, but like, what percentage of this is CJ Stroud of this four and four record success, and what percentage of it is D'Amico Ryan's? Oh, I think right now it could actually very well be 50 50 in the sense of like hand in hand. We see, especially with all that's coming out with the Raiders, how much damage a head coach can do. And you think of Hackett last year, like, now more than ever because of just the, the amount of talent that is – I mean, we see with this NBA and other sports as well. 
like the floor of talent is rising to the point where like mostly every team is competitive every single week and you're not getting these teams that are just getting dogged like you know they're going and they're gonna lose we've had a lot of like what I call it, like, I don't know, football games of the week where, like, teams we, we don't expect to win just find a way to win. And so coaching is more important now than ever. So seeing just D'Amico Ryans being able to manage a team and inspire a team, that was very uninspiring going into the season. Like, I, I stand by, I was like, maybe three to four wins at most for the Texans team, no matter how well I thought Stroud would play. So, yeah, you can't really say that defense did their part on Sunday, but the team as a whole, I think D'Amico Ryans has them going in the right direction. So I would I would say right now it's 50-50. Um, I, but I, would actually, could... I would probably go 65, almost 70 for D'Amico just because just, just okay. bearing the responsibility of a rookie quarterback. Like if it was yeah. like, oh, it was like, oh, we added a new coach and we signed – if it was like the Jets, except Robert Sala came in like this year. It's like, oh, we added Aaron Rodgers and a new coach. Then like, yeah, 50-50. But like, no, like a rookie doesn't know what's going on. Like he's got to be true. Yeah. prepared. And get him in a position to succeed. So, like, I, I'm, dude, I'm all in on D'Amico Ryan's. I think they found their guy. Um, and hopefully, I know the Texans organization has had some, you know, shaky, shaky, a shaky past when it comes to some of their players and just, you know, just dismay D Hob, Tyron. Everything. Yeah. Tyron Matthews, JJ Watt. History. Um, like, yeah. It's, it hasn't been great. So, hopefully, for them, uh, they found their cast of characters and it fits. I know this is the same organization that fired Lovey Smith after one season, but you know, it yeah. is what it is. Um, we can we can pivot though. Let's pivot to another game, game of the week. We've got we've got four or five of them to get through today. Um, but I thought that was a big one. Another one. Let's go to uh, we. You mentioned Josh McDaniels. Let's let's talk about it because you know you know this podcast is going to love run victory laps on Josh McDaniels getting fired. So I'll give you, I'll give yeah. you the floor and then I'll give myself the floor, but you go first, uh, you know, say your piece, say goodbye to Mr. McDaniels. Oh, I don't even, it's not even goodbye. It's, it's a total good riddance, especially like just the more that comes out, you, you question, especially in like 2023 and the other coaches you see like around the league, how a guy like this got into power. Like, basically, what, what happened for people that don't know is Antonio Pierce, what really came to the breaking point after the Lions game is there was, like, a open everything meeting. Instead of, like, players only, it was like, no, like, we're just going to get it all out. Like, everybody's unhappy. Let's speak their mind. Basically, all players were coming at Josh McDaniels, and rightfully so. I mean, you have Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Both are top five in their position in the league, and you can't do anything with it. Like, they – that has been just boggling to me. You can blame whatever on Jimmy G, but it was when you watch their games, it's like, all right, there's just nothing going on with this offense. And even just defensively, the way the team looked, it was clear there was a lot of frustration. And McDaniels, I guess at a certain point, just, I mean, is going to look disgruntled, right? And hearing all that about him. But Antonio Pierce actually stepped in to help and was saying, hey, like, we need to have the mentality of the 07 Giants, like going into that Super Bowl against Patriots. They had no fear. Like they knew, like as a club, we're going to go in every game. Like a good message. But after that, McDaniels, I guess, got pissed at Pierce and said, don't speak about Patriots that way. Like this dude is like, Belichick's like all this stuff. 
And so essentially Pierce is just not going to defend a guy like that anymore. And rightfully so. I mean, well, I don't know why he'd ever defend Josh McDaniels. We've been harping on it for two years now since he got the job. It's, like, yeah, I, I mean, how hey, we hey, can this, see this and everyone this, still- this podcast, man, we are going like bar for bar from like our 2022 very word first launched word. episode. Yeah, these coaches need to be fired. Matt Rule, Cliff Kingsbury, now Josh McDaniels, Nathaniel Hackett, and there's one guy left, uh, the one I felt the most passionate about. Though. It'll, it'll happen. It'll happen it'll this year. It's going to. He, it's inevitable. <laughs> well, we're not talking about the Chargers today. We're not talking about the Chargers today. We're no, thankfully. Thankfully, um, yeah. Play tonight. I, I I fully agree. What a clown, man. I mean, dude, Mark Davis, the owner, comes out and is like, he literally says to the press, yeah, I'm more than happy to, like, pay out the 100 mil that I still owe them. Like, it's weird. The guy is a jerk, dude. I, I don't I, understand. This is a hiring, too. Like, when we started recording last year, we both looked, we were like, dude, this guy hasn't been successful anywhere. Like, why did they, why did they do this? Then they just yeah. ousted Derek Carr, which is the entire reason Devontae Adams came there. To go get yep. Jimmy G, like it didn't make any. There's that's a lateral move for like it made no sense, especially when Derek Carr was like living and bleeding Raider, like Raider Nation. Like, yeah, he sure, could have retired if, if you're gonna draft a quarterback, fine, right? Like, fine, and you're ready to move on there. But no, we're gonna go make a lateral move for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's at this point in his career so injured every other week that I, I think he needs to retire. Take the Andrew Luck approach. Um, which is a sad conversation, but because I don't think he's a horrible quarterback, but it's clearly hindering his play. Um, yeah, and and yeah. look, it, I'll ask you this. This this was my biggest beef with the situation, and I guess it just was timing for Mark Davis. He finally just said, screw it. But if you're going to make this move, a lot of people were calling for, like, after that game, like uh, Devontae Adams and – like to demand a trade to get out of there, that sort of thing. Like if you're going to make this move and blow things up, in my opinion, I would have traded Devonte. And I know that you're going to have to find a suitor for it, but there were calls. I appreciate well, ironically, the jets of course called them. Um, yeah. But I, I would have made that move. I would have maybe even tried to find a place to deal Garoppolo, maybe even Jacobs. Like I personally, I'd hang on to Jacobs, but you get my point. Like I would have blown it up and said, screw it, we're going to start from scratch for whoever's next, Antonio Pierce or whoever, like, you know, whoever it is. Sure. Uh, yeah. do you, I mean, do you agree or do you see do you see incentive to keep Devontae at this point? Um, You could keep incentive in the sense that I think his value is probably the lowest it's been. I think you're hoping maybe at the end of the year that was a rookie quarterback. He may generate some more top. I mean, because he, he's not him at the end of the year when the deadline. Well, yeah, I mean, just you hope he finishes out strong and then going into the next season. And, you know, at the draft, I feel like it's usually a big name receiver usually gets moved. Like usually teams will convince themselves. All right, we'll take A.J. Brown instead of a rookie, you know, and I, I just I, I think this is just my, my biggest gripe. Because you're probably right, but the issue of the reason they're probably holding on right now is probably something with guaranteed money. I mean, they got him to like a five-year deal. So same reason McDaniels held his job for this long. And eventually you get to the point where you're like, all right, we'll just bite the bullet. But you could have just bitten the bullet last season. Like, like, yeah. What you're saying, when you're deciding to go one direction, go that direction. And even the Broncos, as much as we bash on it, 
they were going one direction with going all in with Russ and just kept going that direction. Got Sean Payton. Is it going to pay off? We don't know. No, I respect but, that though. Like that that's yeah, what I'm asking to. for is like, we made a decision. We're going to like try and make it work, uh, yeah. which I guess is hypocritical of my decision of me saying to get rid of Devante. But um, I, I, I guess from, I'm saying it from that standpoint, if we're firing the coach and resetting, like let's just reset. do all of it and reset. Yeah. Um, uh, Devonte, I wouldn't be shocked to see him move to the draft. You're probably right. Um, Most realistic timing. I, I like. I just if I'm Mark Davis, if I'm the owner and, or the GM, whoever he is, I'm just looking at the situation like, okay, we just signed Devonte to this massive deal, or the Packers signed him that we traded for it, right? Mm. Um, what does he have? Three or four years left on that deal. Like, are we realistically going to be Super Bowl contenders with him on the roster and be able to build the roster around this massive contract in that short amount of time? No. I don't think so. I don't yeah, you so. can't realistically. And, and if you do get there, is that like a roster that is just long-term sustainable for success? I, I say no still. Like you're if you find a way to manufacture a team, it's gonna be like via a Brock Purdy type situation where you've got, or, or a Bengal situation where you've got massive amounts of studs on rookie deals and you're making it work because of that. But the second that those are up, which would be right around the time that Devontae's contract would be up, uh, you're going to have to make a choice. Decision. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure they'll reassess as the year goes on. They're getting new management in there. I don't blame, in hindsight, the more I think about it, I don't blame them for, you know, biting the bullet and, staying away from a quick trigger of just massive amounts of blowing it up. Right. Like, Oh, we're going to fire our coach and we're going to trade away our, you know, hundred million dollar receiver on the same day like that. Maybe you just didn't want to do that. Like all on the same day. And you didn't, you didn't have enough time before the deadline to make it happen with new management. So all that to say though, congrats, Mark Davis made the right decision. Fired Josh McDaniels. Uh, I would like to announce now ahead of time, I will be buying stock three confidence uh, Josh McDaniels will never be a head coach in the NFL ever again. Um, today's the day mm. I, will be, I will be purchasing that marked mark it down 11, 11, 6, 23. Anyone is welcome to join in on the Josh McDaniels. Um, um, never being a head coach against stock. We'll get to, we'll get to buy, sell, hold, but now I felt like the right time to uh, run that victory lap. So yeah, yeah. Makes, sense. Um, makes sense. Another victory lap, not really for us, but for Mr. Josh Dobbs, um, Dude, and another victory lap for all the Arthur Smith haters out there because there's there's a growing legion of them on Twitter, which is funny. I I feel like we're actually like Arthur Smith supporters or have been in the past, but I'm starting even even I'm starting to get to an annoyance with him just because he's attitude in the media at this point. But I'm interested yeah. to see your reaction to this game and uh, Arthur Smith's tenure in general, and then we'll get to Josh Dobbs after that. Um, I This is the game that made it kind of turn for me, and I'm going to give my reasoning. It, a lot of it has to do with – and I don't want to take anything away from Dobbs' performance because what he did was incredible. I mean, there's a lot of guys we've heard of, you know, guys like uh, Johnny Football who don't even watch film, and you got a guy who – Kevin. O'Connell's literally like trying to break down the play before the play happens. Be like, hey, this is what you're calling, like in the headset. He's practicing his cadence on the sideline, like basic pre like yeah, we stuff. are back to pop Warner football, right? Literally. <laughs> and it's like, all right, there's, there's no way this is gonna work. But it did. 
And so then I have to flip like on the other end of this is like, all right. So if Arthur Smith is this offensive genius who's got Drake London, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts. I'm going to question even harder when they do like a double pass to their third tight end. And then that third time, it was like Jonu Smith threw it to like Irv Smith and Kyle Pitts was blocking on the play. And of course it's an incompletion because why would something like that get dialed up and completed? But I'm like, all right, is this a guy who is getting too into his head now? He thinks he's this genius. I think even the reporters were asking him of like something with the quarterback because it's always, this is going to be Heineke, he's going to be Ritter. We never know. And he said something about, well, these are newer faces like Ritter's and, you know, he's a younger guy. Heineke's in his first year of the team. It's going to take some time. It didn't take Dobbs any time. He showed <laughs> up on the flight two days ago and they beat you. He so entered the building where, on Monday, man. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, that's why I have to just kind of draw a line of like, all right, now I'm to the point where I can't defend him anymore. Like, I've actually, am like, I have been an advocate for Car Arthur Smith. I had like coaching the year conversation, might have been my pick. I have to start going the other way when I see stuff like this. And people, he's getting called out all the time every week for having these boneheaded plays. It's becoming indefensible. Because Mike McDaniel doesn't do that. Nick Sirianni, the, they stick with what works. Here's the, here's the, here's the, here's my Arthur Smith agenda. All right, it's not an agenda. It's my analysis. Is a better word. Arthur Smith last year got thrown into a horrible situation. Marcus Mariota, Atlanta. They're they're come. They lost Matt Ryan. Turmoil in the organization. Low expectations. Right. Right. Low expectations. Yeah. Surpasses the low expectations. Mariota looks pretty decent. Average. They're creating creatively getting this young rookie, Drake London, involved. Their Kyle Pitts is not producing, but you know what? They're they're winning some games. They're doing better than we thought. So can we really argue with Kyle Pitts's fantasy numbers? Like they're playing winning football, right? Can we really argue with that? It's just fantasy. He doesn't care, right? Right? Right. Okay. Then we then we get to then we get to year two. All right, they fall off towards the end of the year, don't make the playoffs, you know, but they won, what, six, seven games? Like, you know, overperformance in a lot of people's eyes. We get to year two of the Arthur Smith tenure. We got the fourth overall pick in the draft, I'm pretty sure is what it was. We draft B. John Robinson, supposed to be the best running back to come out of the draft. Saquon, fourth or fifth overall pick, something like that. It's a top ten pick. You, you use a top ten pick on a running back, all right? Uh, you take supposed to be the best running back prospects in Saquon, yada, yada, yada. He comes out week one, he looks phenomenal. Right, he's you know he scored two touchdowns or whatever it was. Uh, we're creatively getting the ball. We, we're throwing it to him. We're passing it to him. Uh, and now we are here. We are in week nine. Uh, Bijan's like nowhere to be found. Tyler Algiers out carrying him. Cordell Patterson hmm. is you know still on the roster. Um, it, it's turning into Desmond Ritter's not going to work. Now we're turning to Taylor Heineke, um, who I'm a big supporter of, but. Uh, it, it it's not going to win you a Super Bowl. I've never said that, like, about Taylor. Right. And so my question, my analysis of Arthur Smith is, and it's more of a question, if he was anywhere else, would we have thought so highly of him? Right? If he was anywhere else last year and going into this year, would we have thought so highly of him as a potential Coach of the Year candidate? If he was in Green Bay last year or this year where expectations are higher, do we think of him differently? If he was in Minnesota, 
Detroit, New York, any of these teams that seem to have found their guy as their coach, and it was him instead, and they had the exact same results. I'm not saying that Arthur Smith hasn't been dealt a bad hand, but I am saying that this is the guy that didn't draft a quarterback, instead drafted a running back, um, has a generational talent at tight end, now a generational talent at running back. Hopefully this year, I'm a, I don't think he'll get fired this year. I really don't. Hopefully this no. year they can get a quarterback for him. Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, I, not it. Let's draft a quarterback. Let's bring them in. And it's not like it, – it just gives off this, like, overcoached high school football team vibe where, like, not coach's son, but, like, the quarterback is, like, this system guy that has played with the coach since, like, middle school. It doesn't have to be a coach's son. But, like, there's also – there's, like, this just, – there's just, like – all this talent in their conference and you know, they've got this really freak good wide receiver. It's like, well, why don't we just freaking put him at quarterback, right? Or just get him, get the ball in his hands. And then we'll just, you know, that's our game plan, right? Find a way to do that. It's like, no, we're, we're going to run RPOs because they work, right? You ever go to, you ever go to a D2 or D3 college football game. And one of the offenses there is running a freaking read option with a bubble attached to it. 75% of the time. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. That's what the, on a grander level, that's what it feels like. And it's like, it was, it was working last year because we had such low expectations. And now that we've gone in with higher expectations, it's like, dude, did you really just get freaking beat by a guy that showed up on Monday? Like we, we talk about you like this offensive mastermind. And what the bigger problem with Arthur Smith to me more than anything is not so much the record, because it's not like we had playoff or Super Bowl expectations for the Falcons this year, but it's the fact that there's been no improvement. And then he goes into the media and just gives off this egotistical, like holier than thou, smarter than you vibe in every single interaction he has. And he's so annoyed and ticked off. Like you, you can't play the Marshawn Lynch card, dude. That doesn't work for you. You're a head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you can't do that. Like Marshawn Lynch gets away with it. Cause he's more or less like a thug. <laughs> like and so an Hall of Fame running back. Like yeah. that's the difference. Arthur Smith is an Hall of Fame coach. He's still fighting for his and like, Marshawn Lynch was that life. way. And Marshawn Lynch was consistent with the media for his whole career. Arthur Smith is just like in the past few weeks been like, I'm sick and basically said I'm sick and tired of you fantasy owners complaining. This is this is real football. And then goes out and does this crap. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, maybe you should yeah. learn how you maybe you should learn how the internet works, you idiot, because that people those people actually have power to get your job fired. Go look at Josh yeah. McDaniels over there, right? Mm-hmm. Like they just paid it, they just pay $80 million to his freaking bank account just to get him out of their building. Like Yeah, it's wild to me. Wild that it, it's yeah. I, and I'm not saying that NFL head coaches should be listening to every armchair quarterback on Twitter or, or keyboard warrior or even us, but like yeah. it, it is yeah, a matter of like, dude, have some self-awareness of the image you're putting off is not good for your long-term stake in your just Atlanta fan base. If they don't like you, it's probably not going to last long. That's just the way NFL and years work, man. Fans have yeah. power. Fans do have power. So I digress. Um, but shout out Josh Dobbs. The legend of Josh Dobbs continues, man. Throwback to that Madden 17 franchise. But um, <laughs> he freaking won me a Super Bowl. He must have been a rookie back then. He's been around a while now. But oh, yeah, good old journeyman. I, don't, I wish Jake was here to talk about Josh Dobbs this week because I, I I can't even like I was watching this game with my jaw on the floor 
Like he, they're driving, completing the game-winning drive was just, a, just something masterful. Like I'm just glad I got to witness it. I don't think I'll ever see anything like it ever again. But yeah, yeah. Uh, any any further comments on Kevin O'Connell, Josh Dobbs, Arthur Smith, the whole situation? I thought I put this one on the docket today because I knew it was gonna be an interesting conversation piece. Yeah, no, I just disappointed in Arthur Smith, but honestly not shocked anymore he's kind of in that like chip kelly arc for me right now like first season came on really strong with a bunch of pieces that you wouldn't expect him to do pretty well with now we're at that point where they kind of they, they built up a roster like i can't really look at the the three-headed monster Bijan, drake one and Pitts, and be like well he doesn't have enough to work with i think with heineke you should be able to be like a not only winning club but like it, I mean, they should be winning that division. Like, they should yeah. be solidified for the playoffs. That was my thoughts with Coach of the Year. And not looking that way. But where definitely do, not to, um, that to the Vikings. I actually, they're going to be a where the Vikings big part go of our buy-sell hold. Yeah, where do they the go? Yeah. If it's your buy-sell hold, don't spoil it. If that's if that's going to be your take, like, you can save it. But, yeah, um, I mean. It just came out yeah, today they're starting Dobbs from here on out. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh yeah, we'll get into that later. All right, all right, all right. We can pivot then, pivot. Um a game or two, right? I know. Yeah. Uh let's move on. We we can briefly talk Ravens Seahawks. my analysis of this game is dude, the Ravens are just legit. Like that's that's where I'm at. Like we could read stats or whatever. They seem to dominate against NFC opponents. I don't know if that's a, a reflection of the NFC this year, but Lamar's like 17 and one in his career against NFC opponents or something wild like that. One of those, like it's similar to the preseason stat of when they had like 26 straight wins in preseason, but sorry, yeah. go ahead. I mean, do you have anything further to say about the Raven Seahawks? I mean, I have it written down, but like my analysis is really just like Ravens are probably the top team in the AFC for me right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, given what we got going on, uh, given the role they've been on, I want to see them really play. I want to see them play the Bengals at full strength, and I want to see them play uh, the Bills or the Chiefs. But I, I yeah, yeah, mirrors the statements of like last week, maybe two weeks ago. Like this, it's similar to like the West or not the West, but the AFC is the like the better conference. Like yeah. just from top down is it's just way deeper than the NFC right now. Yes, yes. Um, all right, let's go Sunday night football. Uh Bengals, yeah, Jet, Bills, Bengals. Um, what are your thoughts here, man? I mean, we both picked the Bengals to win this game. It what I, I turned to my dad before the game. I'm like, hey, what week is it? Week nine, Bengals are winning. Like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where we're at. They moved to five and three, man. Like I I don't know. What are your thoughts on this game? I think people are going to look at the score and think it was a lot closer than it was, but to my knowledge, it was 21-7 at half. And, like, the, the Bills are probably the most disappointing 5-4 and four team I've probably seen in a while. I, I know, like, I've been too high on them this year, but I think a lot of people still held them in that, like, AFC contender category. And we've brought up how that is a deeper conference this year, but at 5-4, and four, I mean – they got a tough schedule down the stretch. And I think if they're sitting at like 10 and seven, nine and eight, they're going to be kind of playing the tiebreaker game to even make the playoffs. Um, and I know the Dolphins loss helps them out. Definitely. 
but the Jets recently have been a slouch. They win tonight. It, it's just, it's very interesting. And I don't really have whole much to say about the Bengals because it's like, this is, this is what they do. We've been talking about we've been, it. Like, we've been preaching this for nine this weeks. Is, don't worry. Yeah, don't panic. Is, They'll be fine in week 10. They'll be peaking. Yeah. Like there's, there's no uh, concern there. It's just, Bills, they might be like a very surprise early exit this year. Like I would not be shocked a wild card exit. And then a lot of people are looking to make maybe some crazy changes. Maybe McDermott's job. No. That is a very crazy thing. I disagree with that. If he's here's, been here's on a why. scale, not getting over the hump, here's why. mafia. Here's the problem with what with what if McDermott gets on the hot seat, I'll defend him with my wife because the Bills were in head coach and just overall organizational dismay for since, since Marv Levy and Jim Kelly, like, like 30, 25 years before Josh Allen era, uh, they didn't make the playoffs forever. I mean, they're brutal. Their best season was like Brian Fitzpatrick. They freaking gave Andy Dalton a standing ovation when he got them into the playoffs that one year. Like it's, <laughs> it's just a playoff berth. And now they've been to an AFC championship. They're winning playoff games. They're not going to fire Doug McDermott. Or Sean McDermott, sorry, they're not going to fire him. Um, <laughs> Dougie McBuckets, nice. <laughs> uh, they're not going to fire him. Like it, it ain't going to happen. Uh, what what will happen is maybe there's going to be some some changes. The aging defense, they're going to reload. GM potentially. Brandon I, Bean? I, I could see that potentially. I think the defense is aging, but it won't be it won't be McDermott. It won't be Josh Allen. Could be Diggs though. Could be Diggs. Could make a move, bring in somebody else, get get rid of the attitude that he, yeah. uh, the media loves to hype up. That I think is a little more mediafied than actually is real. But um, yeah, you know, Diggs is he's he had the same problems in in um, what you Minnesota. call it, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where he goes, and we seem to live. You know, Stefan Diggs seems to be the James Harden of of the NFL right now. But we'll we'll. We'll get to that eventually. Low, low key, um, most NFL receivers ever, but yeah, yeah, but but we live in it. Like we've talked about this. Like, there's not a lot of wide receiver divas anymore. Like they don't. I you know, not like they used to be. Not like they're used to be, man. Not on the level of To or like Shadow Shadow but, Chad Chad Cisco, but yeah. like it's yeah. Yeah, they, they, those are tough to beat, man. Those guys are timeless. Oh man. Change his last name to his number. It's, that's not even like, his number either. Imagine? It's just Ocho Cinco. That's not how you say 85 in Spanish. Like Tyreek Diaz or like Jamar Uno. Like, can you even imagine Jamar, today? Dude, Jamar Chase should do that. That would be sick. Uno. It'd be so sick. But like e Cinco. It's just so out there. It's so out there. Even today, you never expect it to actually happen because who does that? <laughs> who, who actually does that? But Chad oh, Johnson, man. man. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> CD Ocho Ocho. <laughs> man. No, it's uh, good for the Bengals, though. They keep on rolling. Yeah, man. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but and we'll get to it by so hold. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right yeah. let's uh actually we should pivot to buy sell hold um so let's do that here buy sell hold you mentioned uh vikings a little stock we're buying here i'll give you the floor first because i technically already bought the josh mcdaniel uh you know right 
yeah and it's it's really just uh it's more of a scenario for the vikings and it's a we'll give it a two confidence uh because i'm leaning this direction i wouldn't be shocked if i'm wrong but i see it playing out just because they haven't given kirk a, an extension yet i feel like even with like Packers suit or sean gary you prioritize players you want to keep and with the two confidence, Josh Dobbs will be on the Vikings roster next season, and Kirk will not. Wow. And I know that may not be a screaming hot take, but I also – I feel like, you know, if I, like I asked Jake today, would he be ready to see Dobbs as the opening day starter for the Minnesota Vikings long term? I, I think it would be a – however it might be trending is still a crazy idea to think about. Um, just given the stability, I would say that Kirk has brought the Vikings for the past couple of years. I mean, since the days of Christian Ponder and Tavares Jackson, rest in peace. I mean, there's there's some good uh, good who he played for names in there. Joe Webb. It's, but I just am very confident when we talk about team building, I think they could get Dobbs for a lot cheaper than Kirk Cousins. I, I think as a GM, if you play the season out, and they kind of convince themselves they have a better roster than they do. You roll with Dobbs for maybe the 15, 20 million a year you might command, and you save 20 million or so in cap space. You can use elsewhere on your defense, maybe beef up the O line. Just thought, though. Here's I could the, be completely wrong on this. He, he, I don't hate it. My thing is like, it's hard to justify. Here's the thing is if if Kirk had played the rest of the year and they'd missed the playoffs, it'd be very easy to justify moving on and like soft resetting. We're going to build around Justin Jefferson's new contract, draft a quarterback, figure something out. Right. We still got, we got TJ's contract, um, beef up our defense and just soft reset. Like we don't think he's going to be the guy to take us over the hump because we can't afford him. Yeah. 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 It's hard to justify that now because it's clouded with this injury of like, okay, Kirk's last two years, 13 win season, win the division, first time since 2017 or whatever. Uh, Loss went 11 0 in one score games and happened to lose, you know, chips were fall where they may in the divisional against the Giants. Um, Start this season one and four, win three straights, get to four and four. Kirk's probably playing the best ball of his career. Now what? It's very clouded in terms of like, if I'm a Vikings fan, if I'm a Vikings in the Vikings organization, like especially with the support that his teammates show him when they wear his shirts pregame and whatnot, it's pretty hard for me to move on from him at this point. And it might be like yeah. a one to two year extension of like, we like our roster. We've got a couple small holes, but the offensive core is set. Jefferson, Hawkinson, Cousins. Maybe Acres, Matt, figure out running backs situation, bring somebody in. I don't know, somebody a little bit better. Beef up the old line. Uh, and then the defense is overperforming this year. Like they're winning games. And it's hard for me. Like we've got our, we've got O'Connell. It's hard for me to justify moving completely on from that roster when they've really only had one go at it. And that was 13 and four and a heartbreaking divisional loss at home by one touchdown. Like, you know what I'm like, and I know that we talk about Kirk's past playoff experience and whatnot, but I, dude, I, I, that was Zimmer before Kirk, like that, you know what I'm saying? They were doing that crap before Kirk. And that's an organizational thing, uh, historically with the, with the Vikings that I don't know if it's entirely on Kirk. Like I, I just, 
the guy's playing the best ball of his career and everybody says it and the teammates love him, I'd be shocked if they move on. I think you sign him to a one or two year deal to extend him. That'd be my guess. But I don't hate the take. I don't hate the take. Um, am I still here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Sorry. Right. It's bad. No, I, it just went like the screen went dark. And I, I didn't really catch the end of that. But I also, yeah, I totally hear where you're coming from. And like, it's, yeah, right now there's like the odds of it happening are slim. But I also think of there's, there's a time to move on from every like veteran quarterback. And it doesn't always play into when you think it's going to happen. Um, I think the Rodgers saga. How many years of productivity do you think Kirk has left? Oh, I think he's probably still got five or six years. I think that's why from his aspect, I think my my reasoning as to why the split would happen is not really because Vikings fans want it or the organization even wants it. And even Kirk, it might just come down to contract differences. Like we're saying, a one or two year deal will be most optimal for the Vikings. But if I'm Kirk and you're saying playing the best ball of his career, coming off of a season ending injury and realizing, all right, I have some mortality as a QB here. He's if I'm, I'm looking to get that five or six year deal. He was a guy who took the franchise tag from the commies for like two to three years straight. And then he went to Vikings. He took a three year fully guaranteed deal. But I, I'm thinking he's probably looking for like a his last big deal. And that should be like five or six years. Do you think to, he'll take a pay agent. cut? Do you think he'd take a pay cut to stay in Minnesota? I think his personality lines up as he would, but I also haven't heard that like he never took a pay cut with the commanders now granted it's a different situation but that's why i think that's why i don't have like a three confidence and like i'm confident it's gonna happen it's like two of like maybe the vikings just as an organization are gonna look and if dobbs performs at the level we're seeing they just might be like i hate to do it like we hate to do this but like we need the capital we can't pay you kirk yeah um it's not really i'm not trying to make the seem like they should move on from kirk I think if you you have the assets, you can build the team, keep the guy that has finally given you sustained success. Like you said, they're thirteen four last year, but I could see the the in, the way teams are built with like the 49ers and the contenders lately. I could see the intrigue as a Vikings yeah. GM to be like, maybe we just roll with Dobbs. Yeah, see I how see we go. It. I see it. Um, my other purchase today. Uh, two confidence Bengals are going to win the AFC North. Sure. I think they run the, they come close to running the table. They maybe lose a game or two more. Yeah, I just I think the Ravens do probably close to the same thing. That's my only pushback to that is they I have know. been on fire. But uh, I mean, I I totally see them not losing games. So it's like week ten now. It's definitely their territory. It, it, it's time, uh-huh. and, and yeah, like it's, the, yeah, it's time. It's, it's Bengals time. It's, it's Bengal time. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Fire um, up the Joe Cool edits. It's time. <laughs> classic Joe Cool. Um, I think my last kind of uh, we'll call it a buy. We'll call it a buy. Not like crazy confident in it but uh i'm gonna say it's it's a longer term that lafleur coaches the packers through 2027 which is the next for those counting like four years and that is ultimately due to the fact that even if things start to go awry 
I think Gutekunst needs to go first. And I think they give him both next year. I think maybe the year after that, if we're like really bad still, Gutekunst would go. Um, I'll put, I think I said two confidence, but if I didn't say it out loud, um, that, that's where I stand on it. I don't know. I that. just, I don't, a lot of Packers fans are saying he needs to go and all this other stuff. And uh... his picks are holding us back personally. When I see AJ Dillon get touches still this year and he's done nothing productive with them, it's the fact that I think Gutekunst has a lot to say in the like down to LaFleur. Like that, how that relationship it feels like. I'm not saying LaFleur is a puppet. But it, it's it seems like Gutekunst kind of has a say. Especially I think every... I agree with the take. Like they're not going to fire Lafleur before, before giving him like two or three years with Jordan Love to like prove it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And even then, it's I I think if Love fails, it's, so, it's going to my, be more on Gutekunst. Here's my issue. I saw with, some with play the designs I like from Lafleur. I did. Yeah, and, and here's Sunday the thing is, is like with Gutekunst, like I, I he seems to have like basically staked his legacy on Jordan Love as Packers. Like he he got the job or he had the job and he looked at the situation, he was like, I'm gonna be the guy that drafts the next generation of Packers yep. off the I'm gonna do it when we're all set with MVP Aaron Rodgers. Nah, first round Jordan Love, boom. And I like the I like I I like the confidence. I like the concept of sitting a guy for three years. I do. Uh, I've said that a number of times that guys are better off because of that, and their floor gets raised because of that. But it's a lot you better risk. be right. Yeah, you better be right, man. You better be right. You better be right. I'm not, and I'm not saying he's wrong because I, I I'm still fairly high on Jordan Love. I don't think he's the issue with the team. I think drops, lack of weapons. Defense underperforming um, and overall, issues. overall health with the running back room as well. Like, uh, that's where my concerns are. It's like, George, you're asking a rookie quarterback to go out there and be, you know, 2020 Aaron Rodgers, and that's just not going to happen. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, he's not a rookie quarterback, first year starter, but um, they're three and five. Like, let's look at it from the outside perspective of like where we were three and five. He told me that in August. I've been like, all right. Like it's probably what I expect. Probably gonna finish seven, eight wins, six, six to eight wins, uh, middle of the road. And it's like, I'm not disappointed with that macro, you know, in terms of rebuild, as long as we get to where we're supposed to go. Yeah. And that's where I'm forecasting. We're not gonna get yeah, I just because of how good some of these younger like pieces look everywhere else just feels like nothing we got is like you're forgetting though you're forgetting our old line is depleted like there's more holes on this roster i think than people think or realize like elton jenkins bach go down it's like okay well now we lost two long tenured starters and very important positions we've got young receivers who can't freaking you know step nobody's stepping into this jefferson-esque stardom um well i mean we and we do have a team of like all young guys but uh who got rid of all the veterans wasn't lafleur it wasn't you know all the voices in the locker room are gone and like you mentioned bach the only one that is probably still has a voice is never even playing so so that's why i think i agree with your take that they're gonna give it time 
which I think they mm. should. I think they should. It's a, it's a rebuild. Like it is what it is. Um, but let's let's pivot. Let's go. Let's go. Week ten picks, and then we'll rip through half season awards to close out the episode. But uh, starting on Thursday night, Panthers going into Chicago. I, I rarely do this, but I'm going to take the Chicago Bears to win this game on Thursday night football, assuming Tyson Bajan is playing. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the same here. I think I took Panthers last week, and that was a miss. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing that makes me hesitant is the idea that, like, hey, Bryce Young, he could have like a breakout game here because he's playing the Chicago Bears. Like, <laughs> I, I thought that last. I thought you yeah. know playing the Colts, who had a tissue paper defense past couple weeks, would have worked. But Bryce Young let me know. Fair. Fair. Uh, Colts at Patriots in two thousand eight. I would have loved this matchup. Oh, yeah. now it's. I'm gonna take Colts. I just Patriots are approaching no pick territory here. It's kind uh, of yeah, sad. They, they are. So I think this will be my last pick with the Pats. I always uh, miss the Colts game, so I'm just going like against my gut here. I'm gonna all take. Right. The all right, Browns at Ravens. I am taking the Ravens and not thinking twice. And I know I'm gonna regret it too. But yeah, it feels like a Ravens loss might be coming. I'll take the Browns. I'll take the Browns. Packers at Steelers. We are pretty successful when I don't pick us, so I'm taking the Steelers. And I got to ride true with the Packers, no matter the opponent. Respe- respectable. <laughs> uh, Jaguars or 49ers in Jacksonville. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Come, Both teams coming off of a bye. 49ers regroup a little bit. Wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville loses this, but that's just how highly I think of the Jaguars right now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's not even. I think the 49ers are playing better ball right now. I just they've been losing a lot. The Jags been winning, so I just think it might flip just because. And the 49ers are that good, so I'll I'll take them. I'll take the Niners. Here's my I guess upside of the week. Uh, Vikings are hosting the Saints. I'm gonna take the Vikings. Is that an upside of the week? Have to check the spread. I wouldn't be surprised. The Vikings are favored. The Saints are so unpredictable. Um. Vikings are kind of on a roll here, and Dobbs with practice time does sound very enticing, so I'm going to have to take them as well. Um, All right, Texans going into Cincinnati. Cincinnati, it's week 10. We've approached uh, pick every week for me with Cincinnati, so uh, are you taking C.J. Stroud to follow it up, though? Yeah, he might follow it up because it's in Ohio and whatnot, but I I don't think the Texans actually win the game. Um, Joe Burrow's different animal and Baker Mayfield. Fair enough. Uh, Titans are playing in Tampa Bay. Um, who you got? Oh, wow. I'll, I'll, I think Buccaneers probably win here. They've been on the kind of knocking on the door every week. Um, yeah, I think if they don't get it, yeah, it, it's, I'm going to go Buccaneers. That's a close one, though. I have to agree. I think I'm going to go Titans just to um... – Go the opposite of your pick. I, I have I differential sake, yeah, yeah, for different for differential sake. Uh, Lions are going to on the road to, to LA to play the Chargers. I'm gonna roll with the Lions. I'm kind of not picking against them against the Chargers. This pick is subject to change based on what we see on Monday night tonight. But yeah, uh, who you got? Take the Chargers because I think I picked against them tonight, so they should be due for a win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Giants, Giants play the Cowboys. Danny, Danny Dimes towards ACL, most likely. I didn't see confirmation, but that's what I saw. He did actually. It got confirmed I think an hour or so ago. Um, 
So, and no Tyrod, I don't think is an option either. So I'm going to roll with the Cowboys on that one. Not really think twice about it. What a yeah. great dude. I, we're going to have to do the math on my combined wins for uh, Super Bowl picks for, for, for the last two seasons. Cause it's been pretty atrocious. Um, commanders going into Seattle. I gotta be honest. Uh, Seattle's coming off a horrible loss, but I just don't see Sam Howell going into the 12th man and winning. Like, I don't really see it either. Yeah, I'll have to go with Seattle. Uh, Jets at Raiders on Sunday Night Football, I believe. Ooh. I'm going to take the Jets. I know I was big on the Raiders this week for the interim head coach. She's got that game right, but uh, I'm going to go Jets. Yeah, I'll take the bait. Raiders, they're playing hard. They may they just find a way to get it done. Broncos, Bills in Buffalo on Monday Night Football. I think the Bills roll here, come back. You know, bounce back victory. It's it's gonna be in handle handle fashion. Oh, I'm picking the Bills, but I'll tell you if the Broncos keep this thing close, they might come off my no pick list. That's wild. No, I know. We're wow. actually the uh, to recap. Not that bad. To recap, week nine. I'm currently nine and four. You're currently seven and six. Uh, we are both. I have the Chargers this week. You have the Jets on Monday night. Um, but regardless, uh, I'm rolling, man. I am rolling. We business is booming when it comes to the picks. We are uh, consistently on top of the on top of the leaderboard. We is in me. Um, all right, half season awards. I kind of want to rip through this fairly quickly. But we're kind of running a little short on time, but um, I'm interested to see what you got for a couple of these. So I'll start with MVP. You know, you start with MVP because I've got kind of a controversial take. But go ahead. Uh. Yes, I think at one point it might even been Josh Allen when we did our quarter season awards or whatever. And that is just that's flipped. Um I'm still gonna I, I'm gonna go with Tyreek. Just in, he might get offense player of the year because I know it's a quarterback award, but if he goes over two thousand and we kind of have a fog up of like a quarterback's not gonna separate themselves, I'm just gonna go with Tyreek. Similar thought process. Uh, I've got Tyreek as my offensive player of the year and Christian McCaffrey as my MVP. Uh, the guy scoring a touchdown in every single game they play. If he makes that streak through the end of the year, how do you how do you argue against that? I mean, the guys he spots you seven points every game at minimum. Yeah. Like it, it, for me, it's like, seventeen. If we if we don't if we don't see a quarterback pull ahead at the end of the year, which we very well may, could be Tua, could be Lamar, depending on could be Burrow down the stretch. Like it could be Mahomes as well or Hurts. Like there's a couple guys. It's very close, closer than normal. Nobody's pulled away early. Um, even Josh Allen, if they get hot, like I don't think his numbers are that bad. He's thrown a lot of picks this year, but um, yeah. right now it's Christian McCaffrey for me, though. The guy's he's on another level than any other skill player in the league, including Tyreek Hill. But Tyreek Hill's my offensive player of the year. Who do you got? Oh, I, I said Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's I just got him for back to back because oh, okay. I, I just don't see that. If we're gonna give it to Tua, it's like I'd probably just give it to Tyreek as a voter. Yeah. So, how about uh, offensive rookie of the year? I've got Stroud, and I don't know if it's close. Yeah, right now it's it's hard to make an argument against that. It really yeah. is. Defensive rookie of the year, I've got Jalen Carter. I just can't really think of anybody else who's been that impactful. I think I've been rolling with Brian Branch just because Detroit's defense has been better than expected. But like Jalen Carter's by the odds-on favorite. Yeah. 
Uh, that takes us to Defensive Player of the Year. Parsons is the odds-on favorite. I'm just going to roll with my Miles Garrett pick. I, I think this is a close race. They're having a good year. The Browns defense is having a good year. I don't feel like I need to argue for that case very much. Like, I, I know. Yeah. Roll with my preseason pick of Miles Garrett. Who you got? I think I've been rolling with Parsons just because it's like you keep going back and forth with them. But, like, Garrett's been making a lot of big plays which is, I think, why he might get some voters. Like T.J. Watt, yeah. Watt, I think, is also up there. He's scored a couple times, too. Like, it's been... Right. Classic T.J. Watt things. Yeah, yeah. All right, final award. I mean, this is the one I'm most interested where you're at because I've got a... I think I've got a nice pick. You, we might be on the same page, though. Coach of the Year. Oh, I'm trying to think of what I had some mind. Would it be weird if I said John Harbaugh, just in the sense no. that if they, if they get the best record the way the AFC looks, I know he's an older guy, kind of know, but Ravens have been looking really good lately. And I don't want to back off of Mike McDaniel, but like Nick Sirianni, I feel like already has recognition. And I mean, McDaniel just lost to the, the Chiefs. And they actually, the Dolphins have not been very good against winning teams. That might need to be investigated, but under Mike McDaniel's tenure, they, they don't seem to pull it out against so many better clubs. Um, it's a statistical thing. I hate that I have to say it. But no, I agree. What, what, are, what are your thoughts? I have D'Amico Ryans. In terms of a one-year oh, turnaround, like I, I, if they finish anywhere close to 500, he won't win the award. But for me, for my award, one-year turnaround, D'Amico Ryans, the guy I think is going to win the award if things go as I planned is my preseason prediction, Doug Peterson. Um, yeah he's, he's yeah, earned it in terms of in terms of a two-year turnaround um right. but uh those are my two guys i i just i we talked enough about tamika ryan's already i don't really need to praise him and we talk about the jags all the time but yeah definitely yeah, i see the vision yeah um that's gonna wrap us up um be sure to sh- check us out on tiktok and twitter we're excited the season is rolling it's Bengals season obviously week 10 we i know we like make a lot of jokes uh, reach out with segment ideas. Let us know. Give us feedback. Uh, and we'll be back Monday for week eleven, week ten recap and week eleven predictions. And we're gonna keep it rolling, man. Any closing uh, closing thoughts? No, just uh, hope the Jets pull it out. I, I need it for my record's sake. <laughs> not not been kind for me. So, as always, thanks for listening, rolling. and uh, catch you guys next week. Take care.